if we played the same amount of games, 33 games, and I played those 33 games, the same as you, again, in one month less time than you, should I be more tired or less tired? Um, unless you are a cyborg or an android, then you should probably be more tired than me. Exactly. And here we go again with Mr. Klopp starting to make excuses and doing all sorts of things that he hasn't done. It looks like he's unhinged and in some foreign headspace a little bit. But, you know, he he claimed that the winning streak City have had is attributed to the two-week extra break they had from COVID. So on September 21st, that's when City started their season. On August 29th, that's when Liverpool started their season. And that includes both teams having played 33 games up until when this article from ESPN was printed February 5th. So I'm I'm not sure what he's trying to claim there. You know, hey, some team started after us but played the same amount of games and they should be more rested? No clue. I mean, Klopp's had a lot of baseless claims lately. You know, it's almost like he thinks that he's working for the Trump campaign or something, you know, just trying to spread <laughs> misinformation and disinformation out there. And I guess he doesn't have as good of people working for him because the media are not buying it as they may have with Trump. But it's just, yeah, he's just I, I don't know if he's showing his true character now that he's finally facing some adversity. It's probably the first time in his career at Liverpool or if he's just utterly frustrated at the run and form they're having, and maybe he kind of regrets some of the things he said. Yeah. I, I don't know. Hopefully, Yeah, I could, I could see the frustration for sure, but it's kind of out of character. For him, I know there's a little bit of complaining. You know, he talks about Manchester United and the extra penalties they get. Now he's talking about, oh, we've had two less weeks of break. It just seems like he's starting to roll in to excuse after excuse for Liverpool's poor form. You know, to me... Yeah, he's always talked about getting the chances, getting the chances, and his team is pretty decent at getting those, and the goals will come. But right now, the goals are not coming, and they're conceding to the likes of Brighton in the last you know eight to ten minutes of every game. So <laughs> they got to find something else to turn it around other than his mouth. Yeah, and you got to wonder if it's starting to distract the players with how – poor of an attitude he's got in the media if that's carrying over into training and in the locker room because if he's starting to give his players excuses in the media he's probably starting to give them excuses in training and in the locker room to where the the players start to feel that well you know maybe it's not because we're we're not playing good it's because the refs aren't doing this for us or the EPL hasn't given us a certain amount of time off and you know the two mistakes that Allison had over the weekend where I don't know if you saw those, but basically just kicked the ball right to the other team and led straight to goals against city, you know, completely unlike Allison. It, it makes you right. wonder if it's starting to bleed over into the locker room as well. Yeah. And, and speaking of uh, poor decisions and bleeding over into the world of football, more racism at the hands of the general public. And it looks like the FA the EPL and others want that to stop. And they're, they're going to the likes of Facebook and Twitter to do it. Yeah. I, you've got an article there, Blake, but they basically wrote a, a letter pleading with Facebook and Twitter to do something more than they already are with the, I, I guess, banning people's platforms and handles 
or some sort of censorship. I, I, I'm not maybe in, enforce their their rules a little bit more than than they are currently. I'm not quite sure what they're asking them to do. Yeah, Moose doesn't like racism either. <laughs> they were they were talking about that messages and posts should be filtered and blocked before being sent if they contain racist or discriminatory material. And, you know, everybody in the United States talks about freedom of speech, et cetera. But you and I talked about last pod about being educated on the likes of things you shouldn't be doing in this world, right? Treat others how you want to be treated, right? And this is definitely not the way that you should go about living by, you know, taking your comments and weaponizing them against others. Totally uncalled for. They, they also say in the letter that they want these big companies to operate robust, transparent, and swift measures to take down this abusive material if it does get into circulation, which I'm all for, and I know you are too. Um, so, yeah, good on them. Yeah, I mean, it, it's good that they're trying to do something. I mean, I would kind of say, why are we just now doing it? It's, it's kind of like over the weekend with the Super Bowl you know, they showed some commercial that they're pledging however many, many millions or hundreds of millions of dollars to social injustice, which is great that they're doing it now. But where were they five years ago, you know, when they were basically blackballing Kaepernick from the league? Where was the EPL five years ago? It, it's nice that they're doing it now, but th they need to do more. Yeah, I agree with you. It's just it's got to do better than the flavor of the day. Right. I mean, exactly. anticipate the needs of your players and the understanding of how the world should operate and kind of make yourself the leader in good activity, the leader in appropriate education of these instances, the leader in removing these things from your particular organization and let others follow suit instead of being reactionary. hundred percent agree with you. And speaking of reactionary, I like how we're tying all this stuff together, chasing good odds or chasing good picks. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so we'll kind of we don't want to quite recap our midweek picks just yet since we're not finalized. We got some games going today and tomorrow. But if you look at a few of our picks from the midweek, you know, we went with Man United and both teams to score at plus 205 and a Brighton or draw against Leicester both in the FA Cup at plus 105. And then also Swansea plus 2 Asian handicap plus 100 against City. And those were kind of our three most forward, you know, lineup guys. So we weren't as confident in them, but there were other alternatives that we could have gone with that were less odds that were probably better picks that we felt better about. So if you catch yourself kind of being like, oh man, I love those odds, kind of pump the brakes for a second and think, do you like the pick? If you love the pick, the odds shouldn't matter unless it, you know, it's like minus 200 or something, but you should really, you got to kind of find a balance between liking the pick and liking the odds, probably more so weighted towards liking the pick. Yeah, that's great advice. And if you ever have any trouble deciding where your cutoff is or what's right for you, ask us, you know, at BettingXI on Twitter. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. We love helping people out like that. Definitely doing that for a few people already. So I think we're good there. I, you know, and we want to be better at that, just like Norway is better at everything <laughs> in life. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, did you see the commercial over the Super Bowl with Will Ferrell and GM? And Oh, yeah. Norway's oh, so God. beautiful. This cute little town. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, we're going to be better than Norway at 
producing electric vehicles per capita. And the I don't know if you guys have seen pretty much the holler back by a Norway, a uh, Norway college or university. The dean or president of the university is they make a little spoof video and she's like, oh, we have to apologize to Will Ferrell in America right away, because if they find out that we're better than them at all this other stuff, then they're really going to get upset at us. And they start going through like this whole thing. They've got like somebody up there reciting, I pay tuition. I pay tuition. When but I don't tu- pay tuition. <laughs> tuition is free in Norway. <laughs> They're taking down signs for free health care and free social security. And then like she gets a FaceTime from a pregnant mother who's like, bye, I'll see you in a year for my paid maternity leave and she's like trying to hang up on her and everything and it's just it was it was a really good clap back yeah it definitely was and you know for gm's sake i like that they're turning the leaf but they're the same you know we're, we're tying all this together this morning in the intro and they're the same as uh these other people that are reactionary to what's going on right they've lobbied for years to decrease emission standards to allow their higher margin vehicles, which is those big, you know, Tahoe style vehicles to you know, be sold. And that's where their profits at. And hopefully we can get away from that for our generation and for those to come to protect this earth and to do more things good for other people, man. Yeah. And it's, again, it's like, where were they five, 10, 15 years ago, if they would have put all that money into, you know, alternate energy sources who knows we might be zero emissions. I think the last thing in the intro we want to talk about is how the FA Cup looks now compared to 15 years ago. Yeah, and fuck everybody who played midweek and didn't play their starters this week in the FA Cup (laughs) because they screwed us. Definitely, big time. I mean, seriously, it kind of has lost its luster over the past five to ten years. You see teams not even playing their starters their strongest 11 until maybe the quarterfinals or the semis. And even just this past week, you know, you had Burnley rest their starters burn. Like, you you know, why, why would they rest their starters? I I just don't get it. You see second division, third division teams resting their starters to focus on the league. And I maybe get that because what are the chances of them actually winning the FA cup? And I, I don't know, maybe the more I think about it this year of all years to rest people when you're not going to have fans at the game for added income, maybe that makes a little bit of sense. But for the for the teams that are you know trying to win it, especially the Premier League teams, I think Tottenham were the only team that actually fielded a strong 11, their strongest 11 this midweek. And it's just it, it it's kind of a shame because the magic of the FA Cup was just it, it used to be probably bigger than the league back in the 90s and now it's it's probably third or fourth behind the league and champions league yeah even europa league seems to have overtaken that yeah. as well yeah. you know with the influx of cbs money there and speaking of money that's been a talking point in england for a while now is that the epl who has all the tv rights and the contracts and supposedly the best players and all the money associated with that right they don't share any of that money with the lower leagues or they don't share it appropriately. So how can you expect a non-revenue sharing entity uh, like English football, the FA Cup, right, to compete at a level that would cause some sort of like 
surprise element or excitement, you know, when you're a fifth division team playing a premiership side. And like Ian said, if you don't have people in the stands, it also takes away from that. Sure. But in my estimation, so that these lower level sides can have the appropriate training facility, physios, that type of thing, share some of the cash. Let it be exciting. Let football flourish. Don't lose sight of including everybody in the beautiful game so that you have some of this competition back, so that you have some of these upsets. It's no big deal if a premiership side loses. They go back to the premiership, right? And and that's probably why they're resting some of their guys. But if they had some stake in the game, if there was something to play for uh, for them during the mid midweek assignments, then it might bring back some of the luster that Ian was talking about, which has been lost. Yeah, and it was kind of cool a couple of rounds ago, Pep Guardiola was asked kind of about the whole aura of the FA Cup and what it's like to go to a shitty ground on a lower division field. And he he said kind of coolly was like, you know, everybody here at City or everybody at Liverpool at one point came through a club like this. We've all been here before. We've all came from somewhere. We didn't just all of a sudden become one of the best players in the world. We've all, you know, had our growing pains and had to play at a club like this. So it's really neat to be able to go back to see where we came from. And I, th- I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. And hopefully Liverpool can get back to where they came from this week as they travel to Leicester. <laughs> That's a 7.30 uh, a.m. Eastern start. And what are we looking at for some decent odds on that one, Ian? Uh, you know, uh, over two and a half is sitting at minus 155, which I think I kind of like that best. Uh, or it's actually minus 145 this morning. Both teams to score was sitting at minus 185. Not great odds there. But you got to like some goals in this game. There's no way that it's a 0-0 game. Liverpool are going to be pressing, trying to get back back into form. And as bad as they've been at home, they've actually won their last two in a row on the road, which this game is at the King Power Stadium in Leicester. So. You know, the Foxes have scored two-plus goals in four of their last six home league games. So I like that pick as well. I think that'll, that'll be in the starting 11 across the weekend. And we're not going to chase the odds, but we are going to chase a good pick. Right. <laughs> and speaking of that, the Stoners definitely did that. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. That's good. How's the new laptop working in? It's working so good. It's so fast. I never get that little rainbow circular thing saying that it's working. It's 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 good for me so far. All right. Good, good. So uh, after that, we're going to stay in England as Manchester City are going to host the Hot Spurs. Yeah, and Spurs just come off that incredible 5-4 overtime loss in the FA Cup against Everton just yesterday. I don't know if you watched any of that game, but it was Spurs go up one nothing, and then all of a sudden they're down 3-1 to one just before the half. They get a goal back to make it 3-2, then it goes 3-3, then 4-3, then 4-4, and then Everton score an extra time to finish it off 5-4. It kind of makes you wonder like, if Mourinho were to just let them go out and play attacking football all the time, how entertaining they would be. Would their fans take losing five to four and being in the same spot as opposed to playing, you know, shitty counterattacking style football and being where they are? It makes you wonder. Yeah, it definitely makes me wonder. And, you know, we saw the reemergence of Mr. Kane back into the game, mm-hmm. which is nice to see because, you know, they're a totally different team, like we always say, with him in there as opposed to him out. After the 53rd, he came on for Bergwine. 
And, you know, he ended up having a goal. And, and guess who fed him that goal? Son. Son. You know that's it. Right. What's up, Son? Son? That's, the, that's that tandem <laughs> right there. But yeah, yeah. you know, and actually Spurs were the last team to beat City. And it was back in November 21st of 2020. So almost December, January, almost three full months, you know, since anybody has beaten City and it was Spurs. So it kind of makes me hesitant, especially with Kane back. You know, City have been great cover guys, great wind and nil guys, but I could definitely see City having all the possession and that Kane to Son duo just striking out of nowhere on some counterattack. And I don't know. So it might be a game we stay away from, but it, it's uh wind and nil for cities plus 125 minus one and a half Asian handicaps minus 105. So I don't know. I'm a little hesitant with Kane being back. If Kane wasn't back, be all over city. Yeah. It, depending on what the odds are for me, I, I agree with you on uh, not betting a match result. But for me, it's Tottenham has had luck against Manchester City in the past. And I, you know, I see that Manchester City are on that super run of form. And so goals seem to be in the cards for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And maybe City look ahead to the Champions League. And speaking of Champions League, Ian, you know, let's talk a little bit about some futures. We'll hit it up more next week in depth. But for now, I mean, we obviously know Bayern and Manchester City are the favorites. There's no doubt about that. But who from the best of the rest do you see competing and what odds are you looking at? Uh, well, you know, you've got Juve, which hopefully our buddy uh, JD over there appreciates my newfound pronunciation instead of Juve. It is Juve. <laughs> I was politely corrected on. So hopefully he appreciates that. Uh, Juve is sitting at plus 1,200. You know, they're playing Porto and they've only conceded like one goal in their last seven games or something. So they're definitely hitting the stride right around the time that they need to. Atletico plus 1600. They're taking on Chelsea, who are also plus 1600. So you got to kind of like whoever comes out of that matchup, maybe as a, a real dark horse. And then Barcelona, uh, everybody is plus 1800, which I know it's not the Barca of old, but they've still got Messi and they're still Barcelona. And they are playing PSG, who are not going to have Neymar on Tuesday. Yeah, for me, I think a, a dark horse is Chelsea. They're sitting at plus 1,600 right now, and they've got the new coach. They've got the new drive. I think they've found themselves a little bit, and we'll see today in the cup game if they can do what we expect them to. Uh, Chelsea at plus 1,600, I think that's some good odds for the best of the rest. I'm, uh, I'm not too much of a believer in... Anybody else, really? I mean, like Ian says, Juventus, maybe Atletico Madrid with the way they play defense. It's a possibility. Do I think Atletico are better than the team last year? They had maybe offensively. Yes. Defensively, I think they're about the same. And, you know, thinking like that, I mean, Bayern tore them up last year. So I just don't see them getting past that stage of the tournament. So for me, it's a Chelsea. And uh, I'll leave it at that. You know, Sevilla, they're... They've been winning for us this year, but have they been able to make the jump from Europa to Champions League in one season? Ah, I don't know, man. At plus 3,700, it might be worth throwing a few dollars on there and getting some improved odds or cash out ability on your app, whatever you're betting with. But I don't see them winning the whole thing either. And it, it is tough. I mean, 
Liverpool, I was hoping, would maybe have a little bit better odds with the run they've been in, but they're still just sitting at plus 500, and you can't take them with odds like that. What can we take with odds when Napoli hosts Juventus this weekend? Uh, uh, well, it's 12.30 on Saturday, and you know Gattuso is back on the hot seat now that Napoli haven't won in three games. They've lost two in a row, and Juve, they've conceded one goal in seven games, like I just said there. So... I'm kind of looking at uh, a Juve money line plus 106 or both teams to score no plus 110. Um, something along those lines and maybe in under two and a half, I could see a two nil Juve. Yeah. You always talk to me about Gattuso's style of play is really keeping it tight at the back. And, you know, Juventus only given up 18 all season in Serie A and Napoli only given up 21 in a, in a league that you and I talk about having a lot of goals. So for me, I think it's under two and a half, depending on what the odds are. I definitely would like to see that. Yeah, that'd be a good one. And then also in Serie A, 245 Eastern, we've got Spezia taking on AC Milan. And, you know, can AC Milan hang on to that top spot in uh, Serie A? You know, they're currently sitting on 49 points, two ahead of Inter and uh, seven ahead of Juventus, but Juventus have a game in hand. So really consider that just four points. And I mean, this game, obviously you're going to favor Milan minus one Asian handicap is minus 125. Um, but Spezia have come up with some, you know, little little scalps of their own here this year. They've, they've beaten the likes of Roma, you know, in the Copa Italia. They just beat Sassuolo. So it, it could be a, a tough little test here for Milan. Spezia have climbed out of the relegation area, however. You know, they're sitting on 21 points and Cagliari are sitting on 15. So for me, uh, AC Milan are are going to win this game. It's one of those spots, Ian, that you always talk about where top team facing a team that's safe from relegation, even though they want to prove themselves and have been good at uh, against some of the other teams. Uh, you know, when we saw the, the back-to-back against Roma, the first game, yes, they did beat Roma. The second game, sure, they scored a couple goals late, but Roma had that game well in hand for most of the time. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I like Milan at the end of the day. Going to kind of have to trust them until they give us a reason not to. And uh, moving on, we're going to go to Spain, not too far away from Italy. And, and what do we see there? Granada are hosting Atletico at 8 o'clock Eastern on the weekend. What do we see from Atletico? Mm, looks like they might be tiring a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, they're they're still in first place and it's still looking like they're going to win the league, but they've only conceded more than one goal three times this season, and now they've done it back-to-back games. So before, seven days ago, they had only done it once all season, and now they've given up two goals twice in a row. They ended up tying two to two on, I believe that was Monday. But at, at the end of the day, you know, Atletico are definitely better then Granada and I believe a Atletico money line right now is sitting at like minus 125 yeah Atletico money line minus 125 so you gotta love that just to win I know they're on the road but that's good value for a really good team yep I got nothing else to say about that I think (laughs) we've we've seen games in the past where we talked about uh, good teams on the road are probably getting better odds than they should 
and you got to take advantage of that. Like uh, when we had Suarez anytime scorer and he was playing on the road against uh, who was that that game? He scored twice and, and helped us. With, oh, Ibar. They were playing against yeah. Ibar. And, you know, we saw we're like, what are we missing here? Why are uh, Suarez and the boys only minus 130 against Ibar who stink? And thinking to ourselves like, well, there's no injuries. There's no red card missing. It has to be because they're on the road. And in this case, I think that's what it is as well for Atletico. I mean, I, I'll take two to one if I pound it and, and that's a win. It's a result for us. It's a result for our cash and our bankroll. And here we go. Yeah. And staying in La Liga, 10-15 Eastern, we've got Sevilla hosting Huesca. And, you know, Sevilla now, they've given up one goal in their last eight games. And they've won all eight of those, coming off a 2-0 uh, win over Barcelona and the Copa del Rey just yesterday. And at this point, you're kind of wondering, can Sevilla catch Real Madrid and or Barca? They're only one point behind Barca and four points behind Real Madrid with a game in hand. So, I mean, this they're just playing unbelievable. Their, their best striker did go down and got hurt two games ago. So that's going to be a huge loss for him. But they, you know, now they've got Papu Gomez back in the mix. He's started two games in a Papu! row for <laughs> And, you know, looking at a minus one Asian handicap is minus 112. And a win to nil is plus 125. So you got to like... Probably just a minus one Asian handicap since at some point they're going to have to give up a goal. I mean, one goal in eight games. I, I hear you on that. Um, you know, let's move on to one more game there in, in La Liga. And we've got Barcelona hosting Deportivo Alaves. Yeah, and you got to think here, are Barcelona going to rest some players before the PSG game on Tuesday playing Alaves, who are definitely in the bottom half of the table? Are they going to kind of look ahead here? You know, the only sort of decent odds is Barca minus one and a half at minus 120. So do I like Barcelona, who's been kind of rocky to win by two or more goals for less than even money? I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe we stay away from this game, but it's, it, I don't know. It's a tough one. It's hard for me to call. And this is Ian's pick to perhaps be the dark horse of Champions League. So I'm pretty sure Ian wants to see all the good players resting for the <laughs> midweek action, yeah, not to yeah, be selfish sure. or anything. So, <laughs> yeah, so we'll see what happens. That might be one that we wait until we see the lineups before we make a call on that or just stay away completely from. But uh, we'll move on to last game on Saturday in the Bundesliga. We've got Union Berlin taking on Schalke. And Union Berlin are actually in a tough run of form right now. They haven't won in four games after finding themselves in a Champions League spot uh, as close to a month ago. But you gotta you gotta like when you're not in a good run of form, somebody to get right. It it doesn't get any better than playing Schalke. You and I were talking so high on Union Berlin, and then all of a sudden, fuck. They cannot win for the life of them, man. I mean, one draw within those three losses. You know, I know they won their last match, but come on, boys. You were sitting in prime position to take on Bayern. It's just like everybody else that's kind of gotten close. Like there's a force field around the number one spot. You know, <laughs> Leipzig can't win when they're up there. Leverkusen, they stink. Uh, Union Berlin has dropped some games. Even Freiburg, we talked about them having like one of the better stretches in Europe, right? Winning some games. Yeah, and it's not even like Union Berlin lost to Wolfsburg or Gladbach or Bayern. 
you know, they lost to uh, Augsburg and mine in two of those losses. <laughs> so it, mine's, you know, and we always talk, if you're going to finish in the top four, you got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And if they're not doing that, you know, so it makes me a little nervous money line against Schalke. They're sitting at minus 134, but you got to like always fade Schalke, right? Oh yeah. Last place in the Bundesliga, always fade the Schalke. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's it for Saturday's games. Let's talk about Sunday in Italy. Yeah, Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, we've got Cagliari hosting Atalanta. Atalanta just knocked off Napoli to reach the Coppa Italia finals. So kind of back into, uh, hopefully into a better run of form because they hadn't won in about uh, four games, I think. But one thing you can always bank on Atalanta is goals, goals, goals. They beat Cagliari 3-1 to January 4th in 2021. They beat uh, Cagliari five to two, October 4th, 2020. So you got to like an over three and a half or even a minus one, minus one Asian handicap sitting at minus 150 over three and a half plus 120. Yeah, I'm with you. They scored three and a half or more for us here midweek. And uh, I think they're going to do it again versus Cagliari, who are on a 14 game run of matches in the Serie A without a win, drawing five and losing nine. That's a pretty bad form right there. Yeah, and, you know, they're at home, so maybe they concede a little less than normal, but there's no way they're going to touch Atalanta here. So maybe just play it safe with the minus one. Not sure. Gotcha. Now into a matchup of European qualification into Italy, you see Inter Milan hosting Lazio, and that's at 245 Eastern on Sunday. Yeah, this should be a really good game. I think it'll be probably a low-scoring game, though, but... Both these teams are playing really well. If you look at it, Lazio only have one loss in their last five. Inter only have one loss in their last five. The last time they played, they drew one-to-one. You know, four of the last five head-to-heads have all been under two-and-a-half. So maybe in under two-and-a-half, I'm not quite sure on what the – on what the odds are there, if you want to get risky with a double cho- double chance for Lazio, that's plus 108. You know, I, I'm not quite sure which way this goes besides knowing that it's going to be a tight game. Yeah, whoever the underdog is, I might take as a plus one and a half, just considering that the last, uh, you know, five games have only been separated by one goal or been draws. So to me, that seems like a pretty good play, but I'm sure the bookmakers know that. And then we'll move over to the EPL where we've got Wolves, sorry, Southampton hosting Wolves, and they're actually getting ready to kick off in just an hour in the FA Cup. You know, yeah, there's all the time. Crazy. Here we go again. <laughs> um, so I think both these games, they might both combine be under two and a half. I could see a zero zero and like a one nothing. I wonder that'd be some sort of bet to take under under two and a half goals in both games to- total. That'd be yes. some great odds. That'd be a Parlay great that. flyer. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see how the game goes today. If indeed it is really tight and under two and a half, if it is as tight as we think it's going to be, I think that could find its way into our starting 11 for the Sunday game. And, and we'll stay over in EPL and we see West Brom are hosting Manchester United. This is actually going to be an okay game because West Brom they definitely want to climb out of the relegation zone at 12 points and Sheffield now at 11 points are on their heels. Pretty crazy to get out of the relegation zone though. You need to pass Burnley 
who are on 23 points. So if you're going to do anything, you got to come out now and do it, right? There's not that much time left in the season to make up 10 points, 11 points for West Brom. Yeah, and when you think of United lately, you think of a bunch of goals, but the last five times that these guys have played, four of them have been under two and a half, and four of those have also been uh, a shutout for one side or the other. So maybe not as open scoring as you would think in this game, especially with it being at West Brom. Uh, I don't know if United are going to play it a little safe, which would be kind of crazy, but I don't know. This is a tough one for me. And what's not a tough one for us on the next one, I believe, is going to be Arsenal hosting Leeds. I see a lot of competitive matches, you know, and a lot of zeros in their last uh, couple head-to-heads here. Yeah, and... You know, Arsenal, they've lost two in a row now. One of them was the game where they got two red cards in the same game. So you kind of throw that one out. And then the next one, they were missing their starting goalkeeper. They lost one to nothing. Um, Arsenal money line minus 121 under two and a half is actually sitting at plus 134, which seems kind of crazy to me. I I guess because it's leads, you never know what you're going to get. But I never really... I really love that under two and a half there or both teams to score no at plus 138. I could see a 0-0, one nothing game here. Yeah, let's roll through the last five scores. 0-0 leads Arsenal. Arsenal leads 1-0. Arsenal leads 1-0. Leads Arsenal 1-3. And then Arsenal leads 1-1. So out of the last five matches against each other, and I know some of those span back way back, but I mean – Traditionally, these matches are close, man. I mean, four out of the last five, under two and a half, and we're seeing a plus number here? Come on. Yeah, I think that'll make its way into starting 11 for us. And then, sorry, go ahead. It could be that they think Arsenal's going to get another couple red cards, man. (laughs) The discipline over there, dude, come on. Arteta, he don't care. Let's go to the club and play hungover. (laughs) Let's get going. Tackles galore. Yeah, it sucks because they're just starting to play really well. And then they have, you know, that double red card game and it's been pretty rough on them since then. So hopefully they can get back on track. And speaking of getting back on track, Everton got back on track in a big way with that 5-4 FA Cup win that we were talking about. They're hosting Fulham 2 o'clock Eastern on Sunday. And I got to think this is going to be a tight game just because Fulham have really, you know, they're – they're pretty underrated. They're going to struggle to stay up, but they play everybody tough. That record we were kind of looking at from them, you know, when you say uh, it was something like 16 out of 17 games, they had only lost by one goal or had a differential of one goal. And I mean, that's crazy. It sucks that you are in the relegation zone for playing well against everybody, but that's the way it's been this year. Yeah. And, you know, I'm looking back now and in league play, They've only had three games where, sorry, four games where they were beat by more than one goal. And four games out of 22 is pretty good, you know. And if we're looking at odds here, I I think uh, Fulham, sorry, an Everton money line is minus 125. Both teams to score no is minus 105. I uh, have to take a look at the Asian handicap there, but maybe take Fulham plus if they're a plus one and a half. Yeah, I'm, I yes, yes. I mean, the, the trends and the stats point to doing that, yes. Yeah, and it, it's actually the Asian handicap is only sitting at 0.5, so 
It makes sense. They, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yep. So if if you parlay that game with something else, make sure you buy another goal because that one point five that's pretty big for you when when you have Fulham. Yeah, I, I do like the Everton money line, um, especially being at home. I, I could see them winning that game, and I believe the last time that they played, yeah, Everton won three two on the road. So sure, you know my plight with Everton is that when Jaime Rodriguez is not in the game. I feel like they're a, a little bit different team, although they proved me wrong this week, right? Yeah, um, yeah, they are. They're a completely different team without him, but they didn't have him midweek in the FA Cup, and they did just fine. Yeah, yeah. There, there's that. So for the last game, we'll kind of review here today is uh, Eintracht Frankfurt. They're hosting FC Köln, and uh, you see Frankfurt in that e- European qualification spot. It's, it's pretty awesome for them. You know, at first I thought we would have got decent odds here with Frankfurt playing against Cone, with Cone have been okay lately, but Frankfurt money lines minus 223, so we're not going to take that. And a minus one is only minus 130. And I don't know, maybe this one ends up being a stay away, but Frankfurt are so hot, you kind of want to get on, on, stay on the bandwagon with them. Last time, last two times they've played, they've drawn one to one. Yeah, and and speaking of them being so hot, their last five matches. I mean, they beat Schalke three to one, right? They drew to Freiburg, who were hot two to two. They beat Bielefeld five to one. They beat Berlin, uh, Hertha Berlin three to one, and they beat Hoffenheim three to one. So a lot of four goal games there, Ian. I could maybe see this one going over three and a half. We could play Italy and Germany kind of thing. Yeah, and. Over three and a half at plus 142. So that'd be pretty crazy there. Um, and Cole are also in a little win-loss, win-loss sort of run right now. And they just won their last game. So maybe, you know, you got to think that they lose this one. Maybe, I don't know. I could be talked into a Frankfurt minus one. Okay, that sounds good. And uh, if you can talk us into something, betting XI on Twitter, the betting XI net and the betting xi at gmail.com get at us we're starting to have a lot of interaction with people it's a lot of fun and hopefully you can join us yeah sorry we didn't get a uh, pot out uh, over the weekend but it was super bowl i was out of town so you know you gotta do what you gotta do life happens baby so all right we love you all have a great day peace see you guys